Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Eccentric Earth. I'm your host Amy Walker and joining me this week to delve into a crazy story from history is my returning guest Chris Haig. Hi. Hi, thanks for coming back Chris. Oh no, thank you for having me. It was a, a real pleasure last time so I'm looking forward to delving into something else a bit weird and unusual. Well, I think weird definitely covers this week's topic. So I hope you're uh, prepared for something so completely different from Elizabeth Fry. Oh yeah, I mean we were discussing before the show. I'm like, oh listen, I have a massive newfound respect for Elizabeth Fry, and I'm also slightly perturbed there's not been a film version of any anything or really talk about this. Um, but yeah, it'll be it'll be nice to sort of see what <laughs> what the complete opposite of this is. <laughs> On November 12th, 1966, five men who were digging a grave at a cemetery near Clendenin, West Virginia, claimed to have seen a man-like figure flying low from the trees over their heads. This is often identified as the first known sighting of what became known as the Mothman. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm just, I'm so into this. <laughs> I've heard bits and pieces, but I, in a really good way, I don't know a lot about it, so I'm, I'm intrigued. Yeah, and um, I don't think we can get much more opposite than Elizabeth Fry than a moth <laughs> monster. Much. Human, you know, human, moth, man, woman, you know, it's <laughs> it's it's those two, it's the, it's those two, it's the binary system as we know it, you know, man, woman, moth. Human. The Mothman was sighted in many places across West Virginia and the surrounding states, but the largest number of sightings happened near the old West Virginia Ordnance Work, an area known by locals as the TNT area. West Virginia Ordnance Works is an abandoned munitions works located to the north of Point Pleasant in West Virginia that dates back to World War II. The facility manufactured ammunition and dynamite, but was later closed down, and much of the facility was left to decay. The surrounding area is mostly forest, dotted with numerous grassy clearings and thick concrete domes, called igloos, that were used to store barrels of gunpowder. The area is also riddled with abandoned tunnels, most of which have collapsed, been sealed off, or become flooded with water, creating an unsafe and expansive tunnel system beneath the forest. A wildlife sanctuary now encompasses the area. In 1979, fishermen in the TNT area reported that chemicals had been left to seep into the ponds, causing it to be labelled an environmental disaster. By the year 1983, the TNT area was among the most polluted sites in the United States. Oh my god, this is an actual horror film, isn't it? Because <laughs> they just yeah. keep adding more. It's like, oh, abandoned tunnels, check. Dynamite factory, check. Wildlife Centre, check. Everything's polluted, check. Okay. <laughs> please, please tell me it's like buried on like a Native American burial ground or something. <laughs> please. Just, just to complete the whole thing. I haven't been able to find that in my research, but <laughs> knowing America it is incredibly possible. Yeah. Well, given that the states belong to the Native Americans, um, well, I guess most places might be, maybe. Uh -huh. Who knows? I just, I love the fact, it is like the creepiest setting possible. So I'm like, the part of it, the problem is that I'm outside of like a massive window at the moment and it's dark outside. <laughs> yeah, I have a window right behind me with no curtains. So oh, that's, no, no curtains. <laughs> I'm literally there just like, is that a shadow or is it like... <laughs> it's the Mothman. <laughs> It was here in the TNT area on the cold night of November 15th, 1966, 
three days after the first sighting at the graveyard took place, that two young couples would encounter this bizarre creature. Roger and Linda Scarbury were driving in Roger's black 1957 Chevy Bel Air with Steve and Mary Mallet through the area at around midnight when Linda noticed two large glowing red eyes in the darkness beside the old North Power Plant. She screamed, causing Roger to stall in the road. This allowed the two couples a chance to take a look at what had made Linda scream. They claimed to have seen a man-like figure with wings go around the corner at the old powerhouse. It appeared to have its wings caught in a guide wire near the road. The creature then managed to free its wing. It didn't run, but wobbled like it couldn't keep its balance. Linda described the creature as having circular fiery red eyes and a body like a man, but with wings. They said the creature was about six or seven feet tall, with wings folded against its back. Half man, half monster. She said you could see muscles in its legs. <laughs> Sorry, I know I'm not really saying much of the book. I'm just like, I'm trying to take like the full description in because it's just, it's, I, I, uh, okay, all right, yeah, okay. <laughs> the couples couldn't believe what they'd seen. They quickly drove off the main highway on Route 62. Linda yelled for Roger to hurry. The couple saw the creature sitting on a hill by a large billboard as they went round a curve. It spread its wings and went straight up into the air. They were all terrified and kept yelling for the driver to go faster. The Mothman began gliding backwards and forwards over the car. We didn't know what it was. I don't think we'd ever been so scared, said Linda. As they went along a straight stretch of road, they were going anywhere from 100 to 120 miles an hour, but the creature was still able to follow them. They saw it in the back window and saw the shadow go across the car as it flew, but couldn't get away from it. They said they could also hear the wings hitting the top of the car as they drove. It's even reported to have left scratch marks on the roof of the vehicle. Oh my god, this is like an urban legend. <laughs> oh, this is cool. Okay, alright. I'm just, I'm, I'm visually imagining it in my head because it, it sounds a bit, it, it, it sounds like something from a monster movie. You know, oh, yeah. two young couples and then red eyes appearing in the darkness and just it's swooping down. Oh, okay. Alright. Okay. <laughs> it squeaked like a big mouse, Mary Mallet would say. It kind of takes away from the scariness if it sounds like a mouse, I've got to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I just, yeah. I don't know. I don't. I, I don't have questions at the moment. I'm just like, oh, this is. <laughs> I am. I am. Do you know this is like an episode of Law or something? They're just like, oh. and then two big red eyes appeared from the top, and so I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> I don't know. I just, yeah, okay. They were only able to get away from the Mothman when they reached the edge of the town, Point Pleasant. The creature disappeared, veering off into a field as they went into town. When the four of them arrived in town, startled and confused, and with no sign of the mysterious creature that had chased them, they continued going downtown and stopped at Tiny's Diner to figure out what to do next. Linda suggested that they should go to the police, but the Mallets thought that they would just laugh at them. They eventually decided that what they saw was nothing more than an aberrant bird, and in an attempt to face their fears, they again drove towards the TNT area. It wasn't long before the, they saw the creature again, apparently waiting for them beside Route 62. The instant the car's headlights landed on the creature, it lifted vertically into the air with tremendous speed and disappeared above the tree line. So, okay, just so I can work out logistics, so they escaped the creature for like the first time, went downtown, went to this um, diner thing, tried to work out, and then they drove towards the munitions place. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, all right. Yeah, they they went back thinking... Sorry, I'm just visually just like, okay... So, for some reason, it doesn't go in town, which, okay, it makes sense if it's, like, skittish. But then it circles around and then picks them up again on the... Okay, all right, on the side of town. Okay, all right. This time, when they returned to town, they went to the Mason County Courthouse and told their story to Sheriff George Johnson and Deputy Miller Halstead. The Scarberry and Mallet couples were split into separate rooms to give individual police reports. Each witness described similar things. They told police that they saw a large winged creature whose eyes glowed red when the car headlights picked it up. They described it as a flying man with ten-foot wings following the car. The police didn't believe them at first, but knew that they weren't troublemakers and saw that they were genuinely terrified. 
so the sheriff actually went out to investigate their story. The couples drove back to the TNT area with the sheriff and the deputies. According to one of the witnesses, the winged creature jumped out of the trees, went over the top of the cars and went through a field onto the other side. The police found no sign of the creature. However, the deputy is said to have seen shadows circling the old power plant and also hearing strange static disturbances coming from his radio that he couldn't explain. Halstead admitted that he saw a cloud of dust kick up from an adjacent coal yard that may have been the creature's doing. The teens were too afraid to go back to their homes, so instead they stayed at the Scarborough's trailer, turned all the lights on and stayed awake all night from fear. The following day, the sheriff held a press conference to discuss the sightings. The local press began printing the story and named the creature The Mothman, based on the comic book character Batman, who had just got a television series at the time. <laughs> Sorry, I love that. It's not even... They didn't go, oh, it's a moth, it's a moth-like man, we'll call it Mothman. No, they went, oh, like Batman. Oh my God, that is the <laughs> coolest origin for an urban legend. They just named it after not quite Batman. Oh, I like that. That's cool. Yeah. It helped that the creature looked exactly like Adam West as well. <laughs> I just look so... Yeah, I'm just... So they see it, and it's just, it's like a guy, but with, so it's got 10 foot wings, apparently. Mm-hmm. So how big is the rest of it? Because if you have like a, no, say, you know, a normal, like, human, which is going to be anything from like five, I don't know, say, say five, to, five, six to six foot, with 10 foot wings, that's, that, I, that seems insanely big. Mm-hmm. So I don't really get the whole, I, Unless I'm thinking of perspectives wrong or something. Because, like, my mum's five foot. So each wing's, like, her twice. Mm. I'm just trying to work it out. I'm like, that's quite... How? Okay. Like, I get it. It's an urban legend. It might. It's probably not true. But even the logistics, (laughs) I'm like, how do they... Okay. Fair enough. All right. Although, from a um, biological point of view, something that's human size would need huge wings to get up. So, kind yeah, of makes I'm sense just, from, from that side. I guess because when I'm looking at it, you know, like you said, from a biological perspective and everything, just how do the wings like. Because if they're always just. Do you know what it is? Because I've got a vision of like someone human, but then 10 foot long wings, and they just drag. <laughs> just their mass. I'm just thinking, that's not efficient. That's not what. But either they're always like in a in a semi like suspended position or you know because you never see it walk around or anything it says human like i don't get what makes it human what what you know why this isn't just like a big like a big chaffinch or something like a radioactive waste like a a robin fell in and suddenly became like a 10 foot robin or something (laughs) like that and i'm just yes i'm thinking the times i've seen like a reference to mothman and everything there's like it's it's almost like butterfly wings. Yeah. And they just come straight out the back of everything. And I'm like, okay, I can, I can in theory understand that, but in the physiology of this unusual made-up creature, how... Okay, I realise I realize I'm really picking holes here, but I'm just, I'm just <laughs> trying to wrap my head around it. Because in my head, I've literally seen it as like a guy with massive sort of angel wings, but the other problem is because they're 10 foot long, they're just dragging. So, and it's a, it must be a bugger to fly anyway, because they've got to be that heavy. So. Definitely going to be knackering. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, yes, actually, yeah, continue. That's why it was just me, <laughs> just me trying to wrap my head around it. Yeah. Steve Mallett told the local newspaper, we understand people are laughing at us, but we wouldn't make all this up just to make us look like fools. That same day, the couples went back to the TNT area during the daylight, and found odd-looking tracks resembling what they describe as two horseshoes put together, but smooth. They saw something flying up inside a boiler when a door was kicked open. None of them stayed around long enough to see what it was. Okay, alright, alright. I don't, I, I, yeah. (laughs) I'm I'm not, okay, that's it, alright, that sounds mean. I'm not not believing them, but (laughs) seeing some out of the corner of your eye when you're already quite nervous... It doesn't mean that it lives there. That's all I'm thinking. You know, from a from a critical like analysis point of view, if you've generally seen some, yeah, I get it, it's scary. But and you're like, they didn't look around long enough to see what it was, and they said they just saw something. Yeah, which could be anything. Could be a shadow. Could be an actual just like a, a, a bird, a 
you know, God knows what. Um, what were you thinking of the horseshoes again? Um, they were saying its tracks were like two horseshoes joined together. Oh, so that's what, it was kind of like a oval shape, I guess? Mm. Yeah, I couldn't see any images relating to the Mossman's feet that kind of show that shape. A lot of artist depictions give it more human feet, so... Yeah, I'm not no. quite sure how whether it's two horseshoes with the with the points touching or I was say, it seems like the most like... obvious way. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, again, it could be anything. I mean, I don't know if I'm going to say it's got like feet and stuff because, oh, I guess in that approximation, maybe like hooves or whatever the moth man person's feet is actually like. I'm just like, oh, okay, but. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't go so far as to be like, okay, the couples were lying because it doesn't make sense for them to be lying. As the as um, Steve, Steve, what was his name? Steve Mallet? Yeah. Um, said, it's like, oh, there's no, you know, yeah, they might laugh at us, but it'll, you know, in the long term, when we're insistent, people start to believe. Oh, they did actually see something. Oh, they think they saw something. So, I don't know. So, it's a, it's a weird one. It's a very weird one. It's weird and it's only just begun. <laughs> <laughs> the weirdness has begun. The strange encounter in the TNT area was a harrowing experience for everyone involved. And on the morning of November 16th, Linda Scanbury was rushed to the hospital by her father after experiencing a nervous breakdown. On the phenomena, Roger Scanbury stated, I'm a hard guy to scare, but last night I was for getting out of there. The same day as the press conference held by Sheriff Johnson... And less than 24 hours after the sighting by the Scambries and the Mallets, Marcella Bennett, her brother Raymond Wormsley, and his wife Kathy had their own Mothman experience. Oh. The three of them were bringing Marcella's young daughter, Tina, to visit relatives who lived near the TNT area of Point Pleasant. Marcella and her brother had read about the strange being in the newspaper that same day, and they even thought it might be fun to go out and look for the creature themselves at a later date. The house they were visiting was a bungalow built among the igloos in the TNT area. It belonged to Ralph Thomas, who was the superintendent of the Trojan US operation there. Ralph's wife, Virginia, was Marcella's sister. When Marcella, Raymond and Kathy arrived, they discovered that Ralph and Virginia had both left to go to church. The only ones home were the three Thomas children, Ricky, Connie and Vicky. After exchanging a few words with the children, Marcella and the Wormsleys headed back to their car to return home. It was around 9pm. Raymond stopped when he got to the bottom of the bungalow steps, having spotted strange lights in the sky. He tried to get Marcella's attention, but she told him that she didn't want to see any lights. She ignored him and began walking to the car, carrying her daughter. Suddenly, a figure stirred in the darkness behind the parked car. She saw the creature out the corner of her eyes as she was unlocking the door. She first saw a man's legs that looked like they were covered in grey feathers. She did not see his feet. Looking up at the creature's legs, she saw wings that were drawn in towards its body. The head was tilted sideways. Standing only a few feet away from her was a giant man-bird. Its head sunk into its shoulders. She saw no red eyes, but later said she might have been too frightened to notice. Marcella described the creature as... Over six feet tall with feathers, it just looked like a giant bird, but yet a man, and it was standing with its shoulders arched and its neck down. She said that she was terrified but unable to run. I just stood there and looked at it, but I couldn't figure out what it was and what I was seeing. Her brother saw it but would not come towards her. He and his wife were both very frightened of the creature and kept yelling for Marcella to run. When Marcella finally ran towards the house, she fell to the ground on top of her three-year-old daughter. I just couldn't do what my mind was wanting me to do, she explained. After pulling herself together, she picked up her daughter and ran into the house. The family then locked themselves inside. Marcella was injured from her fall. Her hands and knees were scraped, bruised and bleeding. She had also been burned from falling on top of her lit cigarette. Her knees were skinned up badly and the side of her face was bleeding from where she had hit the driveway. The children inside the house were all screaming and crying in panic. Raymond frantically phoned the police for help. By this time, Marcella was lying on the sofa and could hear him telling the sheriff's department to get to the TNT area because they had seen the creature. He told them that they were locked in the house, but it was still outside. 
As they waited for help to arrive, the Mothman approached the house, appearing on the porch. They said it pushed on the door, trying to get inside, and that it peered in the windows looking at them. It took the police about 15 to 20 minutes to arrive at the house, but the preacher was gone by the time they got there. Despite the bizarre nature of the family's claims, police believed what the family reported because they saw that Marcella had been injured and saw that the children were terrified. They searched the surrounding area, but found no sign of the Mothman creature. Okay. 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 Um, all right. So, okay. I'm just, I'm just, I'm... I'm just put, I'm just trying to piece it together in my head because like the description's slightly different, mm-hmm. or at least it's it's not like so different that it couldn't be. But it was just stuff like it was like, oh, it's like a, a six foot man bird, um, and the wings are drawn in and that sort of thing. I mean, I'll be honest when it says, oh, it's six foot and it's just covered in grey feathers. I was thinking it, so it sounds basically like an overgrown pigeon, like <laughs> super pigeon. But okay, so I just. I, what makes them think it's like man? Like what? Because if they said, "Oh, it's like a man bird," right? But what aspects of it are like mannish? Is it does it have a human head? Is it the you know? It says it doesn't see the feet or anything. But according to the first kind of quartet, they saw stuff that was like um, it looked like horseshoes, and they presumed those were its feet. But then, okay, so I, I yeah, that's the thing. I don't know if it's just like if it's the same creature. A different elements of it being seen. So, for example, first quartet saw the wings in flight. This time around, the wings were tucked in. Mm-hmm. You know, it tried to sort of butt its way into the house. She didn't see red eyes, um, Marcella, but she might have. She might have missed that, which is possible. Weapon focus, all that sort of thing, does happen in times of trauma. But she, it's just so weird because <laughs> if it was like a really consistent, yes, it's this, it's this, it's this then I'd have, I'd have less trouble believing it. I really want to believe in stuff like this. <laughs> I really love, like, weird, like, southern gothic sort of apocrypha and all that sort of thing. But I just, I wish there was at least a bit more evidence. Mm. That's my thing. Even if it was just, like, mysterious things consistent with a large bird were found, or, you know, it's got feathers. Surely there must be some feathers flying about. You know, saying the kids were terrified, I, it might be coming up in your kind of report and everything but did the kids actually see anything or was it they were scared of the parent which actually mm. that reminds me so the just a, just like a recap it so it was three people who went to go visit relatives yeah the two adults were at church so they'd left how old were the kids um uh, i didn't say i can try and find out i just the thing i was thinking i was like well why would they leave the kids at home I mean, I know it's the 60s and everything, and they're like, oh, it'll be fine. But, um, well, I just, I, the only time I think it was like, normally, they'd take them to church, but then I suppose if it's evening service, they might not. So, I don't know. No, it doesn't say how old the children were. Yeah. Well, no, just, if, if the kids didn't actually see anything, and it was like Marcella, and it was like the other um, adults in the situation reacting and panicking, if they were, I suppose if they're young enough, they might just kind of immediately oh, say, yeah. oh, God, there's something like... They could have very easily influenced the children, definitely. That's, well, that's what I'm thinking. You know, unless there was a kid there who actually was like, yeah, no, I saw it, and it looked like this and gave an independent thing, then if, if that had happened, I would have like been, yeah, okay, now I get it. But, yeah, I don't know. Mm. Especially if one of their relatives is running into the house, panicked and injured. Mm. It wouldn't take much well, for the thing. children to get scared. You know, stranger things have happened where people have been able to convince of, like, you know, making stuff like this fake i'm not saying that's the case but it's definitely happened before so i'm not i wouldn't be comfortable kind of saying oh yeah no it absolutely must be this for this reason it's like well no if it's a bit it's it's a bit like an agatha christie novel (laughs) if you don't actually see it happen be suspicious if you don't actually see a person in the thing and you only presume they're there suspect it if the kids didn't actually see mothman then i'm a bit I'm a bit suspicious. If it's, you know, saying, oh, well, you know, Mothman, he tried to break in the door, he tried to look through the windows. Who saw him do that? Who saw Mothman do that? That's what I'd be really suspicious of, because it's, you know, it's fine taking it on, like, value and everything, but with someone like this, you need your evidence. Yeah, 
Definitely. Sorry, I said it really bad. If anyone out there genuinely believes in Mothman, <laughs> and I don't really want to piss, want to piss up, what's the name of the town? Point Pleasant. Po- Point Pleasant. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, people of Point Pleasant. I don't mean to like trash anyone. I just have to be a bit sceptical. No, no, it's, you definitely have to be sceptical when people are saying a giant bird man called Mothman. Yeah, yeah. I don't be wrong. If he's if if it's real, then I'm like, ah, yes, hello, hello, Mothman. Um, but I just it's it's so fantastical that I need a bit of bit of evidence. The heart is willing, the mind is <laughs> needing a bit of assistance. No, that's that's understandable. Marcella Bennett described it as the most frightening experience of her life, and something she felt uncomfortable talking about. She said she was traumatized and couldn't sleep. I would think I could hear the wings flapping and noises on top of the roof. I kept feeling that this thing had followed us home, she would tell reporters. Somehow, she felt the creature now had a link to her and would come back. She never drove at night after this experience. I couldn't sleep and I was hearing things and thought that it was right outside and still after me. I couldn't imagine what this thing was or where it had come from and what was its purpose. It was close enough to harm me, but it didn't. The creature would be seen throughout the next 13 months around Point Pleasant, and it was estimated that there were over 100 sightings within this time. Though these are unidentifiable reports, and the actual number of reported sightings may be quite lower. Mothman witnesses were also harassed by men in black, who wanted them to not talk about the creature. The strange sightings all seemed to culminate in the collapse of the Silver Bridge on December 15, 1967. The Silver Bridge was built in 1928 and connected Point Pleasant with a surrounding area. On December 15, 1967, it crumbled into the Ohio River during rush hour, killing 46 people without warning. It was one of the worst catastrophes in American history up till that time. Investigators blamed the poor design of the bridge structure and extensive loads it was never meant to carry for the collapse. It was determined that the entire bridge fell apart because of the failure of one single link. Mothman sightings came to a stop after the Silver Bridge collapse, leading to the theory that the Mothman and the bridge disaster were directly related. Some claimed to have spotted the Mothman near the bridge just before it fell into the river. Okay, alright, alright, <laughs> this is, this is, okay, they've kind of lost me here. I can... I can't believe I'm saying the sentence, but I can sort of get on, bird, on board with a giant man bird. But why, after after months of like not harming anyone, not only why, but how would it manage to create a bridge collapse? That's, I'm just, there's part of me that's just going like, yeah, no, this doesn't actually, how? So, I mean, another another way of looking at it might be, okay, the Mothman was the focus, yep, all that sort of thing, and then the bridge collapse happened, unconnected, it, you know, like I said, it was weight-bearing or load-bearing or whatever it was, mm-hmm. and people just found something new to focus on. And yeah. that's the reason they didn't see any more Mothmans, is because they didn't need it there, rather than the Mothman causing it and then disappearing, which doesn't make sense anyway, but okay. The idea that the Mothman was connected to disaster and that the sightings were the creature trying to warn people was put across in the 1975 book the Mothman Prophecies. Oh, that's where I... Okay, yeah. <laughs> Something you're familiar with. I've Right, I've not heard of... I've not read the book, but I've heard of the film. Yes. Like Richard Gere, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, the Richard Gere film. Which I've, <laughs> I've never seen it, but I've just always it like, oh, Mothman Prophecies, yeah, okay. Oh, okay. I, to, I genuinely might have to read the Mothman prophecies after this, just to sort of see what's it, what's actually in it. Just out of curiosity, just be like, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, it might might have some more information that proves or disproves the Mothman for you. I'm gonna, you know, I mean, at the moment, I'm very much on the fence. I'm like, well, maybe, maybe not, maybe so. But who knows? Who knows? It it really, it really could just sort of swing it either way for me. In the book, the author John Keel described his investigations into the original Mothman sightings and the Silver Bridge disaster. The book was later used as the basis for the film of the same name starring Richard Gere. Following the publication of the book, many similar creature sightings had been reported worldwide. The sightings are similar to Mothman in many ways, 
including the fact that most of them seem to be heralds of impending disasters. Some of the places Mothman or its fellows have visited included a mine in Friedberg, Germany, where a Mothman-like creature scared miners away shortly before a collapse. Another notable visit was at the nuclear plant in Chernobyl, where a creature haunted the facility for a while before the famous nuclear meltdown. There are also two reported Mothman pictures taken in New York on 9-11 and multiple sightings before the Minnesota bridge collapse. Wow. Okay. Um, <laughs> oh, that's quite a lot. So. <laughs> okay, so... Yeah, a lot of stuff in that paragraph. So, <laughs> so the theory is, is that Mothmen not only are plural, or it's the same one, who knows, yeah. but that they appear at certain places where they know there's going to be like an impending incident and basically scare people away. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. So like the thing in the mine in Germany, it works. 9-11 it doesn't. I've never heard the 9-11 one. I'm definitely going to be Googling that afterwards because I'm like, that's 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 quite a lot. So if they're, if, if they're aware of this psychic ability and everything, why don't they just tell people? Why don't they just, like... If they're supposed to be like angels, or if they're supposed to be like kind of like, oh, you know, don't don't go on that bridge; it'll collapse and you'll die. Why not say it rather than just be vaguely creepy? If they don't speak English or anything, then my God, it's just, <laughs> just I don't know, be something more proactive rather than go, I'm going to haunt you. In the vague hope you'll get freaked out enough to not enter this abandoned mine anymore, or not, because. Actually, yeah, that doesn't work. So if this Mothman in uh, Point Pleasant was supposed to be like, yeah, it's all connected to the Silver Bridge thing, why didn't we see it around the bridge? Because the ones you mentioned where it was like, oh, it was a man in Germany and, you know, um, Ch- Chernobyl, yeah, fair enough. But they were looking at like, specific locations where stuff happened. This one just appeared to have haunted a town and nothing happened at the TNT place. There were a number of sightings around the bridge on the day of the disaster. Oh, okay. Oh, fair enough. Okay, so that that at least does hold up and everything. I just, I yeah, I'm 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 more annoyed that if if this whole thing's true, if this whole thing's true, then it's basically saying there's like a group of giant winged birdmen who go around predicting disasters and attempting to stop people doing it, but doing it in such an inefficient way that they may as well not bother. Because out of the one in, say, 20, one in a 100, however many, that they actually managed to su- successfully scare away in time, the others, you know, it ends up with, like, you know, Chernobyl or the bridge collapse or something. So, yeah. I'm, fi- I'm finding that hard. I didn't know that there were other sightings, really. And I certainly didn't know about the 9-11 thing. So that is that is one for, for Google. I'm going to check that bad boy out. Mothman sightings have continued in the Point Pleasant area ever since the bridge collapse. Unknown persons have also been reported to frequent Point Pleasant, usually dressed from head to toe in black suits, white shirts, black ties, and appear to be in imperfect appearance, yet completely out of style for the time of 1966 and 67. They are said to have asked people questions about Mothman and told them not to speak about it. Not only did they visit reporter Mary Heyer and question her about the creature, but one of them is also said to have threatened Mothman witnesses, such as Connie Carpenter. A man and woman carrying a camera visited Mothman witnesses, Steve and Mary Mallet, wanting to take a picture of them. The Mallets took down the license plates of the Volkswagen they drove, but the police said the number was non-existent. Sheriff George Johnson, who was the original witness contacted, believed that the Mothman may have been a large heron. Wildlife biologist Dr. Robert L. Smith at West Virginia University thought that the Mothman was a sandhill crane, which the newspapers then reported on, but the witnesses completely disagreed. Skeptic Joe Nickel posited owls as an explanation for their eyes because of their eyes' shine and their silhouette resembles the headless Mothman. Most skeptics seem to agree with Joe Nickel, but the sightings might just be too extraordinary a tribute to such animals. Some believe the Mothman may be an angel, demon, or the product of blood curse placed on the town by Chief Cornstalk, who was murdered along with his son in the area. Similarly, the curse theory is one very attached to the collapse of the Silver Bridge. Some also consider the Mothman legend to be associated with the number 13. 
this is where things get very much a stretch here. <laughs> I love that this is somehow the next level of, you know, if you thought that wasn't strange enough. Okay. The original Point Pleasant Mothman report started in November 1966 and ended in December 1967 with the collapse of Silverbridge. This makes it a 13-month period of strange events. The Silverbridge collapsed because of a faulty 13th steel pin I-bar. The name Point Pleasant has 13 letters in it. The most polluted pond in the TNT area, where many of the sightings took place, was Pond 13. The men in black were reported to have been harassing witnesses and telling them not to talk about the Mothman. The phrase, men in black, has 13 letters in it. <laughs> I told you this is going to get weird. <laughs> wait, hold on. Men in... It's got 10. Oh, wait, the men in black. Yeah. Oh, right, okay. I was, I was like, men in black, I'm like, I swear that's 10. But then, yeah, if they're the men in black. Okay, all right. <laughs> the maiden name of Mothman witness Linda Scarberry was Linda McDaniel, which contains 13 letters. Oh, no. No, 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 no. There comes a point when you're just like, no. Some, sometimes it is just a coincidence. Sometimes, you know, it just... Okay. All right. Okay. <sighs> that's, that's not even the last of them. <laughs> oh, no. Linda Scarberry claimed to have seen the Mothman on the, her roof when she lived on 13th Street. several mothman witnesses such as steve mallet kenneth duncan mabel mcdaniel all have 13 letters in their name everett wedge was one of four pilots during the sightings who saw mothman the name of one was ernie thompson which contains 13 letters the owner of the mothman diner in point pleasant is called carolyn harris who has 13 letters in her name. You can see a pattern going on I, okay. with this one. <laughs> right. But it, they're disregarding, like, the other two pilots. They're disregarding other... Like, is, is there a, a ratio of people with 13 letters in the name who have had some connection to it? Yes. Is it a bit of a coincidence? Well, I think so. It is weird. I'll, I'll grant you that, but I don't think it has anything to do with them. It's not choosing people who've got association <laughs> with them 13. You know, it's not just going, right, okay, who's got 13 letters? Ah, right, okay, Carolyn, right, we'll go after her. We'll go after this person and this person. It's just, I, I, I don't, even if, even if there is something to it, what are they implying? Are they implying it's like, you know, if you've got 13 letters, you're going to be more predisposed? Or you're going to, I, I don't know. I honestly don't know. It's bonkers. Yeah. That this is definitely string connecting pieces of paper on the wall level. Oh, conspiracy! There's, there's red string everywhere. <laughs> it's like, what do they all have in common? <gasps> They've all got thirteen letters. What about the other people? Now nah, we ignore them. Well, they did find a way around some of the other people that don't match up to thirteen. No. For example, did they had their middle names. <laughs> in the book "Strange Creatures from Time and Space." John Keel lists Mothman sightings. There are 26 sightings. No. Half of 26 is 13. Okay. No, I can't. I can't. I can't with this. One of the reporters on the Mothman case died on February 15th, 1970, which is 26 months after the Silverbridge collapse. (laughs) Oh, that's not where I thought you were going to go with it. So they're they're trying to find any connection to thirteen now. It's brilliant. Oh, oh no no no! I thought you were going to go like was it fifteenth of February? Yeah. Fifteen takeaway two. <laughs> That's where I thought you were going with that. I was like, oh Jesus, not again. Um. No, they've not gone that bad, but they are anything that is divisible by thirteen. They seem to be doing. I wouldn't be surprised. They're getting this like the numerology sign of it. It's like anything that adds up to thirteen, and it just. I okay right okie doke. I'm I'm actually crying with laughter right now. I just <laughs> to think I started off this episode thinking, looking at my my dark windows, being like, oh no, is that a shape I see? Is it the wind? Is it something lurking in a tree? And now I'm laughing because apparently this Mothman 
is a massive numbers nerd. <laughs> yeah. Like, he's there with, like, a, the biggest pair of glasses on apparently his giant head. <laughs> Just going like, right, I have the town registry here. If I'm doing it, I need to make sure I'm doing it creepily. What's the creepiest number in Western culture? 13. All right, then. I just, yeah. No. Do I think it's a very good story? Yes. Do I think that the town has probably made quite a good success story of it? Yes. Do I think that a giant man bird is selecting people based off how many letters they've got and how coincidental their connections are to the number 13? Probably not. Especially when you bring in, it's trying to warn people about disasters but can't find a way of communicating that. Yeah. But somehow can work out people's names being 13 letters long so it will appear to them. It's like, it's either really smart and can't communicate with people or people are just gone a little bit crazy with Mothman fever. I, I suspect it's the second one. Although I yeah, personally love the yeah. idea of like a Mothman <laughs> film where instead of being intimidating, he's like, I just can't tell you. I can work out math. I know everyone's name and how many letters there are in it, but for the love of God, somehow I have not managed, like, even a little bit of, like, pictograms, <laughs> like a big X <laughs> over a picture of a bridge, and going like, yeah, no, don't go there, or doing something to kind of preempt the disaster. No, I just, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm kind, of, I'm kind of lost for words, really. I mean, it's a delightful story, but I'm just... A Mothman Museum was opened in 2005 by Jeff Wormsley. This is a museum dedicated to the Mothman of West Virginia folklore. The museum is located right next to the Mothman statue on Main Street in Point Pleasant, the town in which the original 1966 Mothman sightings were said to have occurred. It's the world's only Mothman museum and shop, the number one destination for Mothman fans and for things to do in Point Pleasant. The Mothman Museum is the only place where you can see the largest collection of props and memorabilia from the movie The Mothman Prophecies and read rare historical documents from eyewitnesses. The museum contains rare press clippings and photographs of the Silverbridge disaster and information about historical figureheads of the Mothman legacy. The museum is open seven days a week from 12 till 5, excluding major holidays. Entry fee is $3 for adults and $1 for kids under 10. I just love how the last part basically became an advert. <laughs> the only place with all the exclusive Mothman Prophecies memorabilia you've been dying to get your hands on. Come see something Richard Gere once touched. <laughs> well, I think if it sparked your interest and you near point person, oh, it's the place uh... to go. <laughs> Oh, listen, yeah, yeah, listen, if you know you want to do it, that's great and everything. I, did, I just thought it was really funny how it wasn't just like, oh, there's a museum to it. You were there just going like, they're open 9am to 5pm. <laughs> I, just, I just thought it was, it was really funny, just like you're secretly getting a backhander from the Mothman Museum. That's why like, I'm doing a Mothman episode. <laughs> yeah, it's going it's like... It's all paid. <laughs> yeah, just that it's like, instead of like me undies and, you know... All the other usual sponsors, it's just like, no, no, we have been sponsored by a cryptozoology museum in Point Pleasant. <laughs> Can you guess who it's about? Yes, Mothman! Oh, I, oh my god, I'm sorry, I actually want to know if they do like little stuffed Mothmen. There, there are some interesting pictures on Google from inside the museum. <laughs> <gasps> oh my god, just like the gift shop. It's just like, mommy, mommy, I want a stuffed, stuffed Mothman. Why? Because it's sort of like a Pokemon, which, okay, fair enough. It's like an angel Pokemon, like, but from hell. So, okay. We'll, 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 get, we'll get you and darling, my, my beautiful, creepy, creepy child. Um, Would you like to see a picture of the statue that they've got in Point Pleasant? It's amazing. Oh, oh, of course they've got a statue. Of course they have. Oh, my God. But it's just like some big, oh, it's like a big metal statue. See, the listeners will get to see this because it's going to be the episode image. Oh, my God. I mean, first of all, this photo is kind of, I, it's beyond words, really. <laughs> so they're basically moth face and wings, but they've given him, like, a six-pack. <laughs> Which, oh, yeah, to be fair, if you're flying around all the time, you will be ripped. <laughs> so at least I understand that, but I just, I, 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 I think it doesn't help as well for, like, for some reason. Also, his feet 
quite weird because it's almost like the other way I can describe it is like the top hat, the top thirds, like head, wings, um, arms are quite mothy. The feet are quite, you know, weird and birdish and all that sort of thing. But I swear to God, the chest and the legs, it looks a bit like a strictly come dancing pose. It looks a bit because it's because it's at hips at an angle as well, so it's like da 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 da. That's the only way I can describe it. It's quite it, it, it is a sight. It is a sight to behold. Um, and I've just opened the face one now, and I'm like, oh, so they definitely believe it's not a human head then. It's just like a like a my. Yeah. Oh, this is the Mothman Museum. Okay. All right. Yeah, I've just sent you a couple from the museum what? as well. <laughs> oh, let's see what you look like. The world's only Mothman Museum. No, really? I mean, I think... It, do you know what? If I ever visit Point Pleasant, I am going to do, like, a full, like, vlog. I don't even <laughs> vlog. I'm going to vlog in there. Just be like, welcome. Look at all of the odysseys. And just be like, pointing out, okay, apparently that's something it touched. Apparently that's something this... I don't know what artifacts they'd keep. They also have a gift shop that sells a whole host <gasps> of Mothman t-shirts from the look of it. <laughs> oh my god, of course they have Mothman in the ceilings. <laughs> Do you know what? Like, if I ever have a kid and we ever go to Point Pleasant, I will try and get one of them for my kid. If I ever, like, a, a quite a macabre child, and they're like, oh, I like all things creepy, I'm like, well, you're getting a Mothman for a corner of your room. Not to, be, not to terrify you, but to watch over you. Just reframing monsters like that. But now I can see they do t-shirts. You know, there's someone with a hat there. You know, there'll be all sorts of memorabilia. They're not doing stuff for Mothman, though, at this stage. They are missing out. They are missing an entire trick. Oh, my God. That is awesome. (laughs) Here's a couple of pictures of the um, TNT area as well, which you can see why people would think a monster lives there. They're very creepy. Okay, that is that is very creepy. That I'll be honest, look at those photos. I'm like, I have a feeling I'm not even in like anywhere near that. I'm like, oh, if I went there, I'd die. Like, no one's ever been like, do you know where we went and we had a really nice time? <laughs> <laughs> anywhere remotely resembling this, I swear I've seen one of these in the trailer for the new Slenderman movie, where it's all like, do you see him? And I'm just like, <laughs> oh, I'm pretty sure I've seen that in my nightmares. Um, yeah, it's 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 suitably <laughs> creepy. Um, so I can definitely understand where the kind of the the myth, the legend, the the man bird originated. <laughs> oh my god! When you said it was going to be a weird episode, you did not fail to deliver. Oh, listen, yeah, like you know, like I said at the start of the episode, I was like, do you know what? I had a nice time with us before last time. Huge appreciation for. Uh, gonna read the book all that sort of thing but i wanted something weird because everybody else had gotten like a weird one i'm like oh you sit you saved me a particularly bizarre one so i i thank you for that well that's <laughs> that's mothman and uh yeah you know there's no real way to sign up it's just like yep yeah, that was that was that was the mothman oh lord so if people enjoyed this episode where else can they find you online chris yeah uh, you can find me on twitter at higher underscore boy i have a couple of podcasts going at the moment uh first of which is not by nerdwest that is my show with um one of my best mates emma platt uh, and we talk about all sort of nerdy things it's our monthly um podcast it's a chance for us to kind of catch up hang out discuss like the, the world of nerd and sometimes it's themed sometimes it's not um, it is always pretty funny though, um, so I hope you enjoy that. We are on Stitcher, um, uh, we are on iTunes and Blogger with that one. Um, and then the second show that I'm on, I am a co-host on Good Evening and Alfred Hitchcock podcast, which is me and two of my Canadian friends, uh, Brandon Shea Matala and Tom Caldwell. We are going chronologically through uh, Hitchcock's entire filmography um, and other little projects and all that sort of thing. We're having a lot of fun. We have just wrapped up a movie called Champagne, and uh, that should be coming out shortly. And then later this month, we are tackling the last of Hitchcock's um, silent films, so we'll be moving on to the talkies now, which will be very nice. Uh, you can find that pretty much anywhere. It's on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, um, Stitcher, uh, all different kinds of um, places to go check it out. So that's really good. And then I occasionally pop up in episodes of Smogsboard and here on Eccentric Earth and all kinds of 
um, all the kinds of amazing shows. So, yeah, you should be able to keep an eye on me somewhere. Awesome. And if you enjoyed this episode, you can follow us on Twitter by going to at eccentric underscore earth. And you can also find us on Facebook by searching for at eccentric earth. We're also on Instagram under our name eccentric earth and all of our social media accounts are kept up to date with information about upcoming shows as well as little history facts every single day um if you want to write into us with any suggestions for topics to cover or want to get in contact with us for any reason our email address is eccentric earth at outlook.com so if you did enjoy the show please make sure that you subscribe on your podcast provider so you don't miss any episodes And if you can leave us a review, that would be hugely appreciated. So thank you, everyone, for listening. And thank you, Chris, for joining me. It was an absolute pleasure as always. Thank you for having me. It has been been an episode. (laughs) It's it's definitely an episode. It's definitely an episode. Actually, adequately (laughs) describe it. But that has been awesome. And thank you so much for having me on again. It's been a real joy. Anytime. Thank you, everybody, and we'll see you all next time. All right. Bye-bye. Bye.